Hello, I'm Bethany Cagle. Glad you've tuned in. Alumni of New York's esteemed Perlman Music Program are here. They're in Sarasota for the Here and Now concert series performing tomorrow at the Sarasota Opera House at 7. I have violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan performing for you today here on Classical WSMR, the music of Brahms and Beethoven. Now, you two, you'll, you'll have to tell me the story. My understanding is Toby Perlman, the wife of Itzhak Perlman, started the Perlman Music Program because she knew what a lonely life it can be for a child prodigy. Am I right? Is that is that the You'd story? You'd have to ask a child prodigy. <laughs> oh, come on. You both had orchestral debuts at the age of nine, David Kaplan. Um. Well, all we know is that it was Toby's dream to start a music <laughs> camp one day, and she loves working with children. She's really interested in education all her life. I know that she met Mr. Perlman at Meadowmount, so I think a lot of their experience goes back to that festival. And Well, about so, how old were you two when you started with the Perlman program? I was 13 my first summer, and that was in 2001. And I started at the in the program's first year when it was not even called the Proman program yet. It was called Hampton Summer Music. Yeah. And um, and I was uh, I guess eleven years old in 1995 for that. <laughs> so we're doing the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm you're 47 an adult. Now, right? And um, also, right? That's my kind of math. <laughs> um, and also, but right now you're still connected with the program through obviously these sort of outreach concerts that you're doing. You were handpicked to perform these concerts. Is there any other association? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, one of the many goals that I shouldn't speak too much for Toby Proman, but I think uh, one of the things that she really uh, wanted to cultivate from the beginning was a sense of family among young musicians. And um, I think she and Mr. Perlman have, have both worked really hard over the years to keep that. And they keep alumni really involved with each other. Um, two or three times a year, there are uh, readings at their home. They open up their home and feed people and invite them in to come and read chamber music. And that's just one of the many types of things they do to create a sense of family or at least a network. And you two, have you been touring together for a while? Yeah, this... so we, David and I actually met at the Perlman Music Program, another example of how it cultivates this uh, this community of musicians. And so we met for the first time that summer. I was 13 my first summer, and he was 18. So how almost, many, yeah, how many years did you go there? Like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Between 1995 and, yeah, 95 and 2001. 2001. So we overlapped for one year. And then a few years later in 2009, we were both at the Ravinia Staines Institute, so we reconnected there, and shortly after that, thought it would be great to play together. So we've been playing together uh, recital uh, duo recitals for about the past three years. Oh wow, three years! I was thinking a few months, but three years. So it's a nice tight relationship you two have musically. Obviously, just watching you work together before the broadcast um, shows me that. Um, now you brought. Brahms for us to play. Yes. Beethoven. So tell us a bit about this Brahms F-A-E sonata. Anyone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's It's an odd piece. It's an oddball piece because it was written by a group of friends who um, happened to also, also be sort of renowned romantic German composers. Um, and it really exemplifies the sort of uh, the social element of music making um, at that time. I think it's kind of a beautiful idea. Yeah, I think this is a re really unique 
piece and a piece of music history because you've got Schumann, Brahms, who were friends, although Schumann was uh, quite a bit older, and this is one of his later works. His teacher, actually, yeah. Right, and um, and Dietrich was a pupil of Schumann, so you have this great um, cluster of composers and colleagues um, who are working together on this piece, and they dedicated it to the great violinist Joseph Joachim, and they all wrote concertos for him separately, and he was sort of a muse for them all. Hmm. So I thought this was a great example of collaboration among musicians, and that's sort of what we were going for with this program. Because they each took one of the three movements and named it, as I understand, F-A-E, Frei aber einsam, which was Josef Joachim's um, motto, free but alone. Very romantic. Very romantic. (laughs) It is. It is also maybe the life of a musician as well. I, I think it really captures the the nature of the beast, yeah. And so you chose the movement um, to play for us that, that Brahms wrote. Yes, this is the one that was published first of, of the movements. Um, he, it, Joachim, the violinist, allowed it to be published, I guess, in 1906. Um, so it's the one that's most commonly played out of all of them, followed, I guess, by the, the Schumann movement, uh, the, the slow Schumann movement, which is absolutely beautiful and gets transcribed by everybody under the sun. <laughs> Okay, so we have with us today two artists from the Perlman Music Program, the New York's esteemed Perlman Music Program, violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan here on Classical WSMR with the Brahms Scherzo Movement from the FAE Sonata.
violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan performing the music of Brahms, that scherzo movement from the FAE Sonata here on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. They're alumni of the Perlman Music Program here for the Here and Now concert series performing tomorrow evening, 7 o'clock at the Sarasota Opera House. You'll find all the details online at Perlman Music Program, Suncoast. So do either one of you have a favorite Itzhak Perlman story you care to share? (laughs) Great advice? (laughs) Actually, one of my favorites is, you know, he's a man who loves his jokes. Okay. And um, one of my favorite jokes that that he likes to tell over and over again, it's a sort of a situational joke, situational irony joke. Um, He might be playing something with a group of people. And after it's done, and he'll say, you know, of all the many, many, Hundreds of times I've played this piece in all over the world in many great cities with many great people. This time now in this room with you all was the most recent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kill, he's killing them. <laughs> I would hear so many of the same jokes as well. <laughs> Every time I would come into a lesson and he would ask, what, what are you playing today? So I, I would be like, oh, I'm playing the Carmen Fantasy. He'd be like... Oh, are you Bizet with that? Are you <laughs> Carmen or Goen? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, cute. Okay, so what about best advice that you've received, mm. either from Itzhak Perlman or something associated with the program? <laughs> he's, chirp, chirp. Yeah, you know, uh, not at all. It's just it's he, he's given so much amazing uh, wisdom, really, over the years. Um, I think the, the thing I take away most from him or have always – observed is is that he believes in himself so um so purely and i think he he learned to do that from an early age um because he had so many people um detractors people who told him you're you might not be able to lead this career because of your disability and i think he he learned to have a pretty good stomach and um so he tends to his advice tends to be of that timbre of you know Stay true to yourself. Be you know. Do your work. Be disciplined. Do your work. Practice slowly. Um, it's overall, I guess, a message of humility. Perhaps. Oh, I like that. For me, I guess I I see him as a sort of the ultimate communicator mm. in terms of the way he speaks, in terms of the way he approaches the music, and that he always wants to communicate to the audience what he's feeling in the music, which mm-hmm. is the most natural approach. Um, and he would always say to us, speak the music. And I think that really gets to the heart of um, what we're doing as musicians and sort of how to highlight that and um, express uh, what it is we feel to the audience. Wow. Because you think about you're practicing four hours a day, that technical practice. And then at some point, I guess it becomes you, I don't know how you switch then to becoming interpretive where the emotion comes in. When does... I mean, does that make sense, that question? You can tell me if it doesn't. But it somehow, it seems like when you do the technical practice and then the performance, there's a, a different emotional element that comes in, the interpretation. Or... Yeah, I, th- I think the audience adds that element or the, hmm. the awareness of a listener. As Rachel was just saying, it's all about communication. So um, the, the, the fact of having a receiver, um, it, it changes a little bit how, how you... The business and the mechanics of how you're playing, um, but also the I do think that the flavor has to be mixed into the dough at a very early stage. So um, I think most 
people I know are constantly aware of a bigger picture, even when they're doing something that's pretty mundane or technical in terms of working out the business. I don't know if you agree with that. Well, for me, I think that certain music especially just grabs me right away. And just from hearing the material or the melody, you immediately feel it very deeply. Um, and then other music, you might intuitively feel certain parts of it, but then you have to kind of piece it together and right. use your intellect to figure out sort of the larger structure. So I think it's always, depending on the music, I, I kind of fi find a way into it. And of course, also a big part of that is um, working with, well, for me, uh, a pianist or the other musicians um, and coming to that together. And I, th I think that you discover so much more in that process as well. And hopefully by the time you go on the stage, you've got a fully formed interpretation. <laughs> I imagine that changes over time as well, just from performance and getting used to the piece of music or playing it over and over. Is there something that changes after a while? Does my, it grow? My old teacher, Claude Frank, would always, uh, always repeated what his teacher had told him. His teacher was Arthur Schnabel, who always told him, it's not, not worth playing a piece that isn't better than you could ever play it. You know, mm -hmm. um, that might be that might sound heady, but um, I relate to that. And that truly great music, I'm never happy with how I'm playing it. There's always so much room to grow and to change and evolve. Um, and then sometimes when you play weaker music, you feel like there's too many. Maybe you have a, a lot of the elements in hand at at a sooner point, and it 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 can be um, not as rewarding to spend time with it as a truly great piece. You're listening to Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. Violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan, alumni of New York's esteemed Perlman Music Program here in Sarasota for a performance tomorrow evening at the Sarasota Opera House. You'll find all the tickets and details, Perlman Music Program, suncoast.org. Now, the next work you have, the Beethoven Kreutzer Sonata. Funny, it's named after a man who never actually played it. The Violin Sonata Number no. 9, you're going to play as the second movement. Do you have any comments about it? <laughs> I could tell you a funny story. I grew up in a household of violinists, and Kreutzer, the violinist, is most known today for having written all these violin etudes that sound sort of like... Uh, the famous number two. Is, is, is that... Exactly. So, <laughs> That's what I'm going to play for you now. We're going to spare you the rest of that. So when I was growing up, I always thought that the Kreutzer Sonata was by Kreutzer. Oh. <laughs> and then at, at some point, like, you know, some point of childhood, then I got to know it was by Beethoven. And, and it's much better, obviously. It's Now that you know it's better. by Beethoven. Well, here we have the second movement of the Violin Sonata Number no. 9, the Kreutzer Sonata by Beethoven on Classical WSMR. Here's violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan.
The music of Beethoven, that was violinist Rachel Lee Priday and pianist David Kaplan performing live here on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. You heard that second movement of the violin sonata number nine, the Kreutzer Sonata on Classical WSMR. Now that's just a taste of what's to come tomorrow evening. Rachel Lee Priday and David Kaplan performing at seven at the Sarasota Opera House. And certainly get in on this. You want to really partake of this great talent. Here are the details. Uh, Perlman Music Program, suncoast.org, the website. Also know that the Perlman Music Program Winter, the Suncoast, I'll start over, the Perlman Music Program Suncoast Sarasota Winter Residency starts December 18th, and that goes through January 3rd. Uh, The first recital, the first student recital on December 22nd. And again, the web address, Perlman Music Program, Suncoast. Dot org. Okay, now that the business is out of the way, I just have to say that was so stunning. That was such a beautiful performance. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank so you much. for having yeah. us. Did you uh, want to tell us anything else about maybe what's coming up on your schedule or uh, any other projects in the works, some recordings you want us to be aware of? Oh, yeah, check well, out our website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bestduoever.org.com. Uh, <laughs> .com, .net. <laughs> Okay, then. All right, no, fine. <laughs> no. Be that way. Be no. that way. Thank well, you again. For you, too. Thanks. Really, is there something? If not? Well, we'll be playing a bunch of recitals this spring. Well, actually, I guess it would be exciting. to. We, we just got some wonderful news, which is that um, a friend of ours named Christopher Cerrone, who is a, an amazing composer who was a, a finalist for the Pulitzer last year, um, we just got funding for him to write us a piece. So Excellent. over the next year, we're going to be playing a brand new work. Um, Written to, just for you two. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. No okay. one else can play it. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a good point. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks, you two, for sharing, sharing your artistry, your news. Um, thank you so much for this beautiful music you gave us today. And again, details are online, Perlman Music Program, suncoast.org. That winter residency gets underway December 18th. So many great things happening with that. And again, Perlman Music Program, suncoast.org. And also just be listening. We'll be sharing it with you. I want to say a big thanks to Morella Chamato-Smith for that beautiful Steinway. Oh, yeah, I second that. (laughs) I also want to thank Dustin Havley for engineering today's interview.